Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cowboy Rides again. This is your host, Cowboy Mike. It's Saturday, December 10th. We've got a great show for you tonight. Everything from some college football, NFL, some guilty or not guilty. We're going to talk about the holidays, the holiday season. We're all uh, deep into it now, and uh, we're going to get into that stuff as well as what's going on with uh, President-elect Trump, the cabinet, everything going on in the country. So uh, let's let's jump right into it. We're going to get in and start with some, some college football. Everyone knows the, the big news last weekend was the playoff. The playoff is uh, going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Washington. These games are I, – I, I'm i not super excited about the way they laid this, this bracket out. Alabama's a 17-point favorite over Washington. And, and while I like Washington, I think they're a really good team. I think that they uh, – they do some good things on offense. John Ross at wide receiver, Jake Browning and quarterback, they play real well. I don't think that offensive line has a chance against the Alabama defense. I think that – I think, unfortunately for Washington, Alabama's going to blow the doors off them. I think that uh, Alabama runs away with that game. The other side of the bracket is Ohio State and Clemson. Ohio State's three-point favorite. I actually like Clemson here. Ohio State's offense has been sputtering. Uh, you know, the Penn State beat them. They they should have lost the game against Michigan, but they didn't. Um, you know, and then they struggled with Michigan State. I, I don't I don't really buy JT Barrett and that offense going up against Clemson. Clemson has athletes all over the field. They're big. That is a physically big team everywhere. I think that the the experience Deshaun Watson, Mike Williams, and those guys have from last year is really going to help Clemson. I think that Clemson uh, probably wins that game. I definitely take them in the points. And then you're looking at, at Alabama, Clemson, and that, I think that'll be a good game. But I, I think that Alabama is one of the best college football teams I've seen in a long, long time, and I don't think anyone's going to beat them. I think that we're basically handing out participation trophies at this point. Uh, also in college football tonight, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. Not a shock there to anybody who follows college football. Lamar Jackson was the most electrifying player in the country all year. Uh, there was some thought that because he struggled a little bit down the stretch, maybe Deshaun Watson could make a run. But Lamar Jackson had the sixth largest Heisman victory in the last 50 years. Not a surprise. I don't think Lamar Jackson projects on the next level. He reminds me a little bit of, of a less accurate Robert Griffin III. He's small. He runs around a lot. And that works in college, but it doesn't work in the NFL because everyone's fast in the NFL. They're all top guys. They're all fast. I don't think he's going to be scrambling the way he is. You know, great college player, good for Louisville. You know, really helped that program. But I, I don't think he projects to the next to the next level. Um, so that you know, the Army Navy game was today. Army broke a, a long skid. I think it was 14 years of losing the Navy. They won that game today. Exciting game, but I don't know who really gets that excited about the Army Navy game if you don't have uh, any skin in that game with one of the service academies. Um but it, it was a it was a fun game. Uh, but Ar- army broke the skid there. They're they're off the off the schneid there. Um let's uh let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Let's let's give you some cash crops. There's uh there are three games I like this weekend uh that I think are people are gonna people are gonna think are a little strange, but but hear me out on it. First one is the Dolphins are at home against the Cardinals. Miami is a two-point dog at home. I like the Dolphins here. Uh, the Dolphins were a real hot team. They won a bunch of games in a row. They looked real impressive. And then they went and just got blasted in Baltimore last weekend. And I think that might be good for that team. They had a little bit of problems on the offensive line with injuries. 
But I think maybe the Dolphins were kind of reading their own press a little bit and thinking that they were better than they actually are. Um, I think they're good, though. And Arizona, I, I don't know what's going on in Arizona this year. I think that Carson Palmer's just done, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't think that guy's got anything left in the tank. So I, give me the Dolphins at home on a bounce-back game that they have to have to stay in playoff contention. Give me Miami. Give me the two points. I think that's a that's a real solid one. The second cash crop I've got for you, this one is going to take a little bit of faith on your part, people. Um, <laughs> it's the Cleveland and Cincinnati game, the Battle of Ohio. And everybody who listens to this show knows how much I love the state of Ohio. Everything about it is just it's magnificent. Um, it, it's I, I hate Ohio. Everyone knows that. I, I can't stand Ohio. There's nothing good about it, nothing redeeming about it. Cities are awful. People are losers. I, I, if you're listening from Ohio, I love you, but everyone else, no good. Um, the Browns are getting six points against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is, is just not a good team. A.J. Green's been banged up. Andy Dalton has looked pedestrian, if I'm being generous. Cleveland... I don't think they're going to go 0-16. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to go 0-16. And if you're looking for a game for them to win, this feels about right. They're getting Robert Griffin the third back this week, and I don't expect him to do anything spectacular, but I expect him to be better than Cody Kessler and Josh McCown were. And the Browns have been in games. They've been hanging around. They 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 do play hard. I'll, I mean, I'll give them that. They don't They don't look like the Jets did last week. They don't look like they've quit. So, give me the six points. I don't know if the Browns win this game, but give me the six points with the Bengals and the Browns, and I'm going to take Cleveland plus six. And the third one that I've got for you this week, and the last one is the Sunday night game, Baltimore and New England. It's in New England. Um, New England's favored by seven. I like the Ravens here. Um, The Ravens are one of those teams that always gives the Pats trouble. They can score. They've got a big play offense. Steve Smith is there. Dennis Pitta seems to have found his stride. Flacco plays well against the Patriots, always has. The Ravens just give the Patriots a, a tough time whenever they play. And the Pats are, are are a little bit banged up. I mean, Amendola's out. Gronkowski's out. They traded Jamie Collins. Brady's had the... the the you know the the leg injury a little bit he's missed some time in practice he's obviously going to play and you expect him to be very good but you're into seven points in the Ravens I think the Ravens could win this game outright but I could also see in this be a 27-23 27-24 kind of game Tim give me Baltimore plus seven uh, that's that's the one that I like on Sunday night so those are your cash crops of the week again the Dolphins over Arizona plus two. The Browns over Cincinnati plus six, and Baltimore over New England plus seven. It's time to uh, play some guilty or not guilty. All right, for guilty or not guilty this week, we're going to bring back in everybody's favorite guest, the Electric Factory himself, Big Al. Big Al, you with me? I'm here, cowboy. All right, Big Al. So we've got some we've got some good stuff to get into this week with guilty or not guilty. So let's jump right in. The first one comes to us from Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Two brothers were arrested for trespassing, for dumpster diving outside of a CVS. What they would do is they would wait till the CVS closed. They went into the dumpsters and took uh, unsold food products, uh, you know, boxed products, packaged items that weren't sold that were thrown out and they would go and donate them to homeless shelters. They were arrested for trespassing. Uh, I'm going to charge these two guys with just being simple criminals. What, what do you think about this one? I 110% disagree with you, Cowboy. These guys are good Samaritans, and you know what? Many food places, so I'm not talking about CVS, I don't know what the hell they're throwing out, but you take restaurants, what have you, delis, when they have no more use for the food, and a lot of times it is packaged, they'll throw it out in their dumps, and that's a shame. There are plenty of people that are starving. Families don't have any food, right. what have you. And I don't, there's no crime there. That's not a crime. You know, it's the old yeah. story, once a garbage pail, it's garbage, man. And you know what? Yeah, and- so turn around and say, hey, 
We threw that stuff in the dumpster, and now you're taking it. We want to have you arrested. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. Well, well, I say, just, boy, just to clarify this, Miguel, CVS, CVS did not want them prosecuted. CVS didn't call the cops on them. I guess that they've been doing this for quite a while, and the cops, I guess, saw them doing it after the CVS had closed. But I, I tend to agree with you. My philosophy is, and, and again, I, as, as a lawyer, I understand the legalities of trespassing and things like that. I get it. I'm not arguing with it. But I, I also am just of the personal belief that if you throw something in the trash, that's fair game. If I put something outside my house, a piece of furniture or a mattress I don't want anymore, and someone comes and takes it, I'm not calling the police. You know, I'm not a lawyer, but I play one on TV. A little humor there. But anyway. Oh, okay, good, good. If, We're on, if, everyone likes if, humor. If you throw some stuff in your trash, and let's say the cops come along, and they take your trash, and they put it in their car, and they go back to their you know, whatever, office, police station, what have you. And there's stuff in there if they're investigating you. Once that's out mm-hmm. of the curb, it's fair game, my friend. It's, that is you, correct. You, that's you actually, it, that, even though you're not a lawyer, you are legally correct. That's called a trash pull. And as long as it isn't on your property, if it's in the street, they're allowed to go through your trash. That's correct. Now, you know, so we're going to make a big deal here about food. And uh, and by the way, these guys ain't even taking it like to resell it or something. They're taking it and giving it to people that need it. So, you know what, these cops, you know, go find something better to do. Because these guys, you know, they're, they're just trying to do the right thing. And how many right, people I, I'm going to dumpster and I'm going to side with you on this. Stuff. I'm going to find them not guilty. I think that, that what they did is the definition of victimless. The cops, yeah. at the very least, the cops, when they when they went and saw them in the dumpster, these aren't guys that are, I mean, look, if you have, I, I'm not going to say you should arrest homeless people for digging in a dumpster because I don't think you should, but it isn't like they were there causing a nuisance. These are two normal dudes who were just pulling stuff out, and I think once they explained to the cops what they were doing, the cops should have just told them, hey, look, you got to go, like talk to the store or something, figure it out, but you, you got to go. There's no reason to arrest them and bring them to jail. No, no, no reason at all. It's a waste of time. All right, so we're on the same page here. They're, they're, they're not guilty. Not guilty. All right. Next story we have comes out of Los Angeles, and I personally love this story. Anthony Garcia of Los Angeles committed a murder. He's in a gang. Uh, he committed a murder in 2004. He gets away with it for seven years. In 2011... The detective who was assigned to the murder case is flipping through a book of mugshots for something totally unrelated, and he sees a mugshot of Anthony Garcia with a no shirt on in the mugshot, and he has a tattoo on his chest that is a intricate, incredibly detailed tattoo of the murder that he committed back in '04. It literally had the position, the exact position of the dead body, the position of the bullet casings. It had the liquor store that the murder happened in front of with the Christmas lights hung, the name of the store, the whole thing. And this tattoo wound up getting this guy arrested, convicted, and sentenced to a 65-year jail sentence solely based on this tattoo. I'm going to charge Anthony Garcia, the guy who did this, with just being a sentimental guy. What, What do you got? Uh, Anthony Garcia is a moron, a murderer, and he ought to get the lethal injection on stupidity alone because, you know, he did a horrendous crime, and then he turns around and has it tattooed all over his body. This is a guy that's not fit to walk amongst normal people. I say juice him and juice him quick. Okay. All right. Well, he's not going to get juiced. He's, he got 65 years. But let me ask you this. Uh, what do you think Anthony Garcia's life in prison is like? Because where, I think nobody's messing with this dude in prison. Where did you say this happened again in California? Los Angeles. Of course he's not getting juiced out in La La Land. He's in the, he's in the land of, of, of daisies and flower child children. You know, they all want to love one another. You know, they're all liberal sickening democratic uh, fruitcakes. 
They wouldn't care what he did. They're not going to do anything to him. He's a moron. Okay, but like I said, what do you think his life in prison is like? Because I think it's not going to be that bad because any guy who's willing to put that detail of a tattoo on his body, I mean, you don't want to mess with that guy. He's got a lot of space left on his body. I don't want to be the guy tattooed on his back. He needs a tall tree and a short rope, my friend. Woo! Woo! That's a hot take. All right, so I'm going to charge him being guilty. I think he's just a sentimental guy. I wanted to remember what he did. All right. The uh, the third story we've got here comes out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> the Milwaukee Police Department has a sergeant named John Corbett who's up for promotion to lieutenant. He was convicted a few years ago of a DUI, but the, the circumstances of the DUI is what made this a story. He took his, his 13-year-old daughter out hunting, and after they were done, he took her to a bar. He got drunk and had her drive him home, she got lost somewhere along the way, and he took over the wheel, got pulled over, got arrested for DUI, and yet he kept his job, and he's up for a promotion to lieutenant. I'm going to charge on Corbett with being a good dad. What do you think about this? Well, I think there's a couple of things here. One, I don't think this guy really did anything wrong. I'll tell you why. Spending quality time with his daughter, all right, and he could have easily invaluable. He could have easily just let her, you know, whatever, wander the streets or whatever. But he took her to the bar, and you know, and so what? She was with her dad, so maybe she had a drink or two. I don't know if she did it. And she, I don't think she did though, because she did drive. And is that even illegal was, if you're with a parent? I don't think it is. Listen. He's responsible enough to know that he's drinking and he shouldn't drive, so he designated her the driver. And you know, so where's the problem? I, I don't, I don't really see a problem here at all. And I, yeah, I think he should right, well, double that. And talk the, 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 the problem that I have with it is is, is this part of it that I, that we're going to talk about now. When he was convicted of the DUI, he was sentenced to 30 days in jail, and they allowed him to do a work release. So. He was going out in his capacity as a police officer during the day and then coming home to the jail to sleep at night. That's a bizarre situation. Think about this for a second. Let's say he arrests someone during the day towards the end of his shift. He books him into the jail. He's sharing a holding cell with these guys at the end of the night. I mean, it's, it's kind of bananas, don't you think? Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, I mean, uh, they have a very uh, modern way of looking at things because, yeah, that's kind of weird, you know. Uh, you're, you're on I mean, Milwaukee. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, who would think it? If it was some little small town somewhere in the United States, I'd say, well, you know, they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. But Milwaukee, it's kind of uh, it is kind of odd. But, hey, whatever works, man, works. I don't know. It is a little odd. We, we have another caller online. I'm going to bring, bring her in on this, see what she's got. Dwight, are you with me, Dwight? I'm with you, cowboy. Dwight, what do you think about this? I, I think this guy is just spending some, some good time with his daughter. He could have easily gone hunting without her. He could have dropped her off at home after. There's a lot of kids that would love to have that time with their dad. What do you think about John Corbett? Do they not have Uber in Milwaukee? Uh, uh, this was a few years ago, so I don't know if Uber was a thing yeah, then. I, I want to say something like know. 2013. I don't know if Uber was around. I'm sure they had cabs, for sure. Uh, they definitely had another option. I, I would not put my 13-year-old child in a car with me if I was drunk having them drive. I wouldn't do it. And how come he wasn't charged with like child endangerment? That's a very good question because I can tell you in most states that that's certainly uh, child neglect child or contributing to the delinquency of a minor. There has to be something that he would have been charged with. That's a good question. That's, that's, a, that's an excellent point there, Dwight. Yeah. I, I, the guy's guilty. He, no. I, I, can't, I can't go along with that. Quality time. You don't bring your kid to a bar, get drunk, and then ask the kid to drive. No good. But isn't that no. one of those things that's kind of like a fond memory later that they're going to laugh about like 15 years from now? Like, hey, remember that time I got drunk and had you drive me home from the bar and you were 13? Maybe if he wasn't in law enforcement. I don't know. But 
I don't think it doesn't work for me. No, he's guilty, and he really Dwight, is undercharged, in my opinion. Buzzkill. It's killed, but I, I don't agree with that. We can agree to disagree. I, I think he's. Well, why is Dwight a buzzkill, Big Al? Come on, everybody was a kid one time. Everybody, oh, every kid wants to drive the car at in a parking lot. Maybe years old, and every kid wants to go into a bar. Come on, I got a granddaughter three years old. I wanted to drive my damn car. Her parents. She wants to drive. She asks to drive all the time. Yeah, well, (laughs) you know what? I don't have no problem putting her next to me and steering. I have no problem with that. If you're drunk. Oh wait! If he's sober, does it matter? Can a three-year-old drive a car if he's sober? No, no, unless it's a toy car. Well, I no. didn't say work the pedals, did I, Dwight? I said steer, steer. No, neglectful. All right, all right. So it sounds like a split decision on this one. We're gonna move on to our fourth guilty or not guilty, and that is uh, comes to us via one of my most favorite newsmakers in the country, and that is Sarah Palin. She is, is God's gift to this segment. She claims, speaking of God, that God intervened in the U.S. election to help elect Donald Trump as president. I'm going to charge God with rigging an election. Trump said this election was rigged, and I'm going to charge God with rigging this election. Big Al, what do you got on this? Well, if you uh, go along with what Sarah Palin is saying, then uh, I guess you'd have to go along with what you're saying. I mean, she she is the one that always comes out with the craziest things anybody has ever heard of. You know, I can see Russia from my kitchen window, and now God is, you know, is, is behind Donald Trump. That's why he won the election. I mean, I don't know where she gets this stuff from. I mean, you know, it comes to her in the middle of the night. I don't know. Maybe but God tells it to her. Yeah, maybe God tells it to her, you know. Maybe he tells her, you know, it's it's my idea and whatever. I mean, if that's what I like she believes, it. I'm going with it. You like it, Dwight. Why do you like it? I, I like it. I like Sarah Palin. She's quirky. I like I love her. everything about the woman. I don't have a problem with Sarah Palin. I like that she's. A I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't like Sarah Palin necessarily in a position of authority. But I yeah. love her as a newsmaker because she says some of the she, best stuff that there is, man. I love, I love her. She's very entertaining. What, what's not to love? She's unfiltered. Well, that's why I love her. And if she says yeah, God so said that to her, then I believe her. I'm going to say that, that this is a, a guilty. I think God rigged this election in favor of Donald Trump. Trump said all along this election was rigged, and he won – so I think the only thing that you can draw from that is that God rigged the election for Trump. I mean, Trump's uh, God's obviously a Trump fan. I, I don't see Definitely. what else you can get from this. Hey, listen. All right, so that was uh, – what's that, Big Al? I said, listen up a second. I got my own guilty or not guilty. Can I throw it in? Uh-oh. Sure, go for it. Okay. This is down Florida way, St. Petersburg, 50-year-old Uh-oh. man and a 26-year-old woman. Sounds good. Sex on the sidewalk in the middle of the day, and they got arrested. Is that illegal to have sex on the sidewalk? Well, that's the question. They're two consenting adults. This is in broad daylight, you Mm. know, and um, they just decided that they were going to have sex. And a lot of the people, you know, they called the cops because they saw the guy thrusting and his hips going up and down, and you know. And, you know, and, and I have to say that, as I always will say, it's the heat. That's why you get all the wacky stuff going on in Florida. Wait, so you think it's the heat that makes people have sex in public? Because I think that happens just about no, everywhere. I think it's the heat that makes people go nuts in Florida. That's why the wackiest come out of there. Because right, so of the I heat. think the, the point of this is that you're saying Florida's guilty. I think I think yeah I think Florida Florida is guilty and that's that ought to be their defense when they go to court. The heat made me do it. <laughs> right. I know you're a big fan of heat insanity as a defense. That's right. The heat made okay. me do it. All right. Well, that was guilty or not guilty for the week. We're going to take a short musical break. 
This is the holiday season, so we're going to give you a little bit of Christmas music. This is Whitney Duncan's cover of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. No one alone for Christmas There is just one thing I need I don't care about the presents Underneath the Christmas tree I just want you for my own Well, 
I've been hearing it, so this year it is. Maybe not next year. Probably not next year. This year it's still allowed. What's the last one? Do they know it's Christmas time? Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Love that. All right, I'm going to give you my four. I like Baby, It's Cold Outside. That song has sexual overtones all over the place. I love it. It's fantastic. Love everything about it. I about that one. I like I like Winter Wonderland. Uh, that that's mm-hmm. a, always just a classic holiday song. I like Baby Please Come Home. I especially love the version by the Ramones. It's not not a real popular one, but I love it. Look it up on iTunes. I think you'll like it. And the last one is the song we just heard. All I want for Christmas is you, the, Mariah Carey. That's it's the best Christmas song written in like the last fifty years. I mean, I can't think of a Christmas song written recently or any time recently that's as good as that song. That's a great song. Um, additionally, just as a side note, the baby it's cold outside thing, I heard yesterday two uh, people uh, wrote a politically correct version of that song, and the lyric where she says, like, uh, uh, what's in this drink, and the man replies, you know, you, uh, you reserve the right to say no. She says, you know, I, I should get my coat, and he says something to the effect of, oh, I'll get it for you, sweetheart. It's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. It's a great well, it's song. Kind of a rape I don't song. think it's rapey. People say it's rapey. Yeah, I don't it's think rapey. it's rapey. It is rapey. It's a little rapey. But it wasn't rapey back then. I mean, maybe, maybe, this, maybe this guy it is, now, is trying to save himself some trouble. Let's say the weather is real bad outside, and you got a girlfriend, and she's trying to, like, drive home. You know what's going to happen. Fifteen minutes later, you're going to get a phone call saying she's stuck in a snowbank, and you're going to have to come and get her out. Maybe he's just trying to save himself the trouble. I don't know. I, I love the song. So. It's a great song. Those I are my power rankings for Christmas song. songs. But Big Al, Big Al what, what do you got for Christmas music? All right, I'm going to give you my top four. We're going to start off with number four. Number four of everybody. All right, number good three. song. What do you got number three? Number three, Last Christmas. Oh, I Ooh, like that one. good one. Little wham. Love some wham. Bird two. All I want for Christmas is you. Good one. Good one. And the big one coming in at number one. Brenda Lee with rocking around a Christmas tree. <laughs> that reminds me of Home Alone every time I hear it. Yeah. Well, that's my top yeah. four. I, I like them. I like all of them. I think next week maybe we do Christmas movies. We'll see. We'll get to it then. I, while we're talking about Christmas, everybody loves Christmas. It's a great time of year. You know, everyone's feeling good. But everything's not always great about the holidays. I want each of you, and Big Al, I'm going to go to you first on this. Tell me what you hate most about Christmas time. Mm. Well, now, let me think. What do I hate most about the Christmas time? Um, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, I'm a little older than, uh, probably most of the people that are listening to your, uh, podcast. So, you know, what I, what I dislike about the Christmas time, as far as I'm concerned, is not having my entire family all under one roof for the holiday. Okay. And, okay. Uh, that's, you know, what I dislike the most. Dwight, tell, tell me what you what you hate about Christmas. It's not that what I hate about Christmas specifically. It's what I hate that leads up to Christmas. It gets okay. rushed every year. It's not even Halloween. You go into stores. You you hear the mm-hmm. commercials, That's and they're talking point. about Christmas. It's not. It's just by the time Christmas comes, you're almost so over it because you've been brainwashed for two months already about Christmas. Christmas season traditionally should begin right after Thanksgiving. And it no Agreed. longer has that, that feeling. There's no holiday season anymore. It just runs from one thing to the next, back to school and to Christmas and to Halloween. It, it's terrible. I just That's what Agreed. I hate most about it. Agreed. The thing I hate most about Christmas is those fake white Christmas trees you see in the stores. I hate those things. Yeah, I don't like. I don't them. like fake trees. I was going to say fake trees in general because I don't. There's no excuse not to have a real tree, 
but I can stomach a green fake tree. But those white ones, that's ridiculous. Like, I, I don't think if you live anywhere outside of, you know, a, a, a double wide that you should have a white <laughs> Christmas tree that's fake. It's ridiculous. I hate that. I hate seeing it. They I hate make a lot of it. colors now. Yeah, I don't like They're it. Trees awful. are green. Christmas trees are green. First of all, get a real tree. There's no reason not to. They're available everywhere in the world. Get a real tree. But if you're going to get a fake tree, get it green. Don't, don't go with a white tree. All right, so that, that's, our, that's our Christmas talk. We're going to get into a little bit of who's buck. <coughs> who's buck this week? We usually deal with the world of sports, but this week we're going we're gonna to branch outside a little bit. Who's buck is Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy Giuliani was one of the early high-profile Trump supporters, and um, everyone thought he was going to be in line for a job in this administration, and it looked like a few weeks ago Trump wanted to make him attorney general, and Rudy Giuliani came out and said the only job he wanted was secretary of state. And I, he went very public with that, and I think Rudy Giuliani overplayed his hand because it came out today that he has withdrawn his name from consideration of Secretary of State, which basically means he knew he wasn't going to get it and is trying to save some face. And, uh, look, Donald Trump is not somebody I'd want to try to put into a corner, and that's what Rudy did. The whole thing was ridiculous. I thought he'd be a great fit at Homeland Security. I thought he'd be a good fit as Attorney General, too, but – you don't go from being mayor, and I don't care that it was New York, and I don't care it was during 9-11. You don't go from being mayor of a city to the top diplomat in the world. He has no experience on the foreign stage. He has no experience with international players. It was a ridiculous idea on his part, and now he's out, and he's, he's not going to have a job. He's the guy standing around without a chair. So this week, who's bucked is... Rudy Giuliani, and I'm going to bring back in Big Al and Dwight on this because we're going to talk a little bit about Donald Trump now. Rudy's out, uh, and I read an article in the Boston Globe about an hour ago that says three sources on the Trump transition team have confirmed that Donald Trump is going to pick Rex Tillerson as his secretary of state. Rex Tillerson is the CEO of Exxon. He has uh, built relationships around the world as part of that that job, and that is going to be the Secretary of State. Not Mitt Romney, not Bob Corker, not David Petraeus, and not Rudy Giuliani, but Rex Tillerson. Big Al, what what are your thoughts about Rex Tillerson as the Secretary of State? Don't like it one bit. I read the same thing, and I don't like it. I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. First of all, this guy, I don't care that he's not a politician. He's not a diplomat. He's not. He's got no type of experience in government whatsoever. He, uh, you know, look. He could be a great businessman, and he can run this the largest company that there is. But the bottom line is, he just doesn't have. He's not a statesman, and you know, it's kind of not like on the job training. All right, you know, this, this guy really. I don't know what the deal is where he came out of all of a sudden, you know, we're just hearing about him now for the past few days. And now all yeah, I just sudden, heard his name a few days ago, uh, this past week. And I just don't get it. And I really think that if Trump does put him up, from what I read, there's going to be uh, an awful lot of problem uh, getting him confirmed. Problem because uh, many people have already jumped out and said, you know what? This guy got a lot of answering to do about a lot of deals that have been done with Russia and Putin, and I don't know. This He's very close to Putin. This is not going to go over good, because if you remember, there was still a lot of speculation in the early days of Trump's uh, campaign that Trump had a lot of dealings with Russia. And of course, he always I think those were largely Trump. unfounded, but, but this doesn't, well, we it's not a good look. Sure. And now you're bringing this guy in, and I'm sorry. You know what? I'm all for – look, I'm all for giving people, you know, a shot. And, you know, look, not everybody has the experience they need, but not in a job like that. Not in a job like that. It's not like you're giving them the EPA or 
or something like that. You, you, you're giving this guy a very important position. I, I would, I would understand putting putting Rex Tillerson as heading up the Department of Energy or even as the the, the Secretary of Commerce, but putting a guy who has run Secretary. Exxon as yeah. your chief diplomat. And let's let's be honest here: the Secretary of State is the crown jewel of the cabinet positions. All right, it. it it is the number one job. It's the highest profile cabinet position. You go around the world and deliver the president's message to foreign countries. I, I don't know how you put somebody in there who has no experience dealing with foreign governments on a government level. It's different when you're running a company. And look, people elected Donald Trump partly because he's an outsider and because he said, I'm going to find the best people regardless of whether they're in government or not. And I, I like that. But what I don't like is putting a guy who ran an oil company in charge of our foreign policy. I think that's a mistake. Dwight, what, what do you think about Rex Tillerson, the uh, Secretary of State? No, I, I agree with both of you. It, it's a poor choice. And Trump has a personal agenda that will benefit his business somehow by doing this. That's what's behind this. I'm telling you. Well, this is about. I mean, his business. look, I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but Donald Trump's not really involved in energy. What I think that this is more than that well, is, I think Trump is looking for essentially a lackey because when you look at the other people involved. I don't think Rudy Giuliani was ever very seriously considered for this job. I just don't. I, I don't think he. I don't think he has the temperament or the experience. I think that this job came down to – I think what I really think is Trump wanted to pick David Petraeus, but I think he, he came around to the realization that he couldn't because as much as he hammered on Hillary Clinton about her mishandling classified information, David Petraeus is currently on federal probation for mishandling classified information. I think that's the guy he wanted, but he couldn't do well, it. Well, Mitt Romney, and then you had Mitt Romney should get it. Then you had Mitt Romney, and look. I understand there's a lot of Trump voters, and I'm a Trump supporter myself, who don't like Mitt Romney for what he said and did about Trump during the primary. And I get that. Believe me, I understand it. But You have to compare Mitt that. Romney, Mitt Romney fits the bill as Secretary of State. If he signs on the dotted line with Donald Trump, Mitt Romney's not going to go out there and push his own agenda. He's going to do what the president wants him to do. Otherwise, he's going to be replaced. And Mitt Romney is a diplomatic guy. He dealt with the Salt Lake City Olympics with countries all over the world. He ran Bain Capital. He was governor of Massachusetts. He was the Republican nominee for president. Mitt Romney, I think, was the right pick there. I would have had no problem had he picked Bob Corker either. He was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for a long time. He would have been qualified to do it. A little bit of a less sexy choice, but I would have had no problem with Bob Corker. Rex Tillerson, to me, is a left-field choice, but I think that, you know, as a little bit of a segue, we're seeing more of this out of Trump as these appointments go on. He's appointed a number of generals into cabinet positions, which I've read is making some people, and granted most of them are liberals, but it's making some people feel like this is something of, of a dictatorship because he's got a lot of military people in positions that don't require it. There was also an article yesterday that said he is considering uh, appointing as the ambassador to Japan, Bobby Valentine. And for those of you who don't know Bobby Valentine, he is the former manager of the New York Mets and Boston Red Sox. He managed the baseball team over in Japan, the Chibalote Marines, and uh, won the equivalent of their World Series over there. I, he, he's popular in Japan, but he is a baseball manager. His current job is the athletic director at Sacred Heart University in Connecticut, Oh my God. Um, and Trump also appointed to run the Small Business Administration, Linda McMahon. And those of you who don't know Linda McMahon, she is the wife of Vince McMahon, who is the chairman of the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. What, 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 what yeah. big Al, do you have on, on what's going on with Trump's appointments okay. into this cabinet at this point? First, let's start with Linda McMahon, because I don't really have a problem with what he appointed her to. Linda McMahon has turned a small company uh, that was very small at one point. I believe it was like 60 employees to a 612 when it first started. But don't you think that was yeah. more Vince than Linda? 
I don't know. I, I, I can only tell you what, what, what's publicized and what's publicized is that she's the, well, the business person. Took over the WWE as the, as the chairperson because Vince McMahon was facing federal charges based on steroid oh. distribution back in the early 90s. We don't know. We don't. Look, I understand what you're saying, but we don't know. I, this, I, I'm pretty sure that this woman's just not a complete moron. All right, I, I really don't think so. So no, anyway, pointing her, pointing her to the position that he appointed her to, I think it fits. It's a fit. Okay, small business administration. It fits. I think she'll do fine. As far as the secretary, Bobby Valentine, that whole thing is just, ins- that, that's just insane. I, I, th- th- it's just insane. A baseball manager. I mean, come on. I, I don't know what the Congress can do about that. I don't know if these people that are appointed, if they have to pass any kind of a. Uh, they need uh, to be confirmed uh, by the Senate. Well, I don't know how Bobby Valentine could be possibly con- uh, con- confirmed. He's a charming he's guy. Back- I don't care how charming he is. I'm sure he's dumb as a sack of doorknobs. I mean, he's a baseball. We're going to put this guy in an investment. Just as an aside about Bobby Valentine, he he invented, he claims, he invented the wrap. You know, the the sandwich, like a a, a chicken wrap. wrap. He invented the wrap. He claims he invented that. I know. And Al Gore invented the internet, and and the movie Love Story was about Al Gore and Tipper Gore. I know. I know the whole story. And they're doing really <laughs> well. Anyway. anyway, as far as this guy Tillerson is concerned, Dwight was pretty right with what she was saying. This Ooh. guy, I'm telling you, he's a rat. This guy is going to, if he's the Secretary of State, he's going to be making deals to put money into his yep. pocket. He's still he's benefiting somehow. He's in charge of Exxon. You don't put a guy like that going all around the world making deals because he's going to look to make deals that are profitable to him. Uh, but let and me ask you a question, Big Al, because you just said that Rex Tillerson is going, to, is going to look to put money in his pocket. A lot of people – I'm going to play devil's advocate here. A lot of people said the same thing about Dick Cheney because he used to run Halliburton, and they said yeah. that by going into the Middle East, Dick Cheney was looking to fund Halliburton. So what, what's he, the difference? And he did. Halliburton made a lot of money when Dick Cheney was in charge. And if you don't think that Dick Cheney made money on that, you're crazy. Because so do you think that was his motivation in trying to get George W. Bush to go into the Middle East? Do you think Halliburton was Dick Cheney's no, motivation? I don't think it was his motivation because I don't think Dick Cheney, as much as people think, I don't think Dick Cheney could actually tell George W. George w. Bush what to do. I know most people no, I don't think, think so either. And I love Dick Cheney, to be, to be perfectly but honest. I, I like Dick Cheney a lot. I don't think I think he might have tried, but when push comes to shove, as I know a lot of people like to think that W was just a spineless little weasel, but I don't really think he was. And I no, I, I don't I think, think so either. I think that's a wildly I think that Cheney, portrayal of him. I'm not saying that Cheney pushed him to go into the Middle East. I'm saying that once he did, it became prop because he was tied up with Halliburton. He owns a tremendous amount of stock in Halliburton, and it could just help him. And as far as Trump goes, none of us know the secret dealings nope. that Donald Trump has. We, you know, It's easy enough to turn around and go, well, this guy's Exxon. Trump's got nothing to do with oil. We don't know what Trump has got his First of all, we don't know that. And go ahead, know, Dwight. What do you got on It's an odd. Listen, it's an odd pick. And you can't you, – you got to – it's an odd pick. You, I've never heard any president pick a guy it, 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 out of the board. Is, is, is an out-of-the-box pick. But, Dwight, what do you have on these people? Bobby Valentine, Lynn McMahon, Rex Tillerson, what do you got? I, I just think that everyone has to remember that Donald Trump is first and foremost a businessman and will always remain a businessman and a president second. That's my take on it. And he's going to do certain things that are going to benefit him down the road. And I think that that is why he is choosing some of the people he is choosing. Okay, That's but didn't, didn't, isn't part of the reason why he was elected fairly overwhelmingly because he's yes. a businessman? Isn't that the big yes, reason but, why we did this? Yes, but now you're the president. That you got to put that business thing behind business. you now. And if for him, it will never be that way. It will never be that way. So, he can't. so do you it's want him to act more like change. a politician now that he's been elected? No, 
No, I want him he to have a, a nice balance. A balance. But he is a politician now. He's no longer a businessman. Now he is a politician. Whether he wants he, to have he that, he will never stop being a businessman. And no, we don't want him to be, but I don't believe that should be his first agenda. And let let me say this: Newt Gingrich came oh. out the other day, yesterday, and and said something that made a lot of sense. Trump is going along saying, "I still want to be the executive producer of The Apprentice." Which is ridiculous because it, you, it is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Okay, well he, he clarified that yesterday and said that he's not going to be executive producing it, but he he is going to because he he owns a part of the franchise. He is going to receive profits from it. Um, but I, I want to bring up another subject based off of this. There was a report that came out on Thursday that Trump is hiring. Mark Burnett, who is the producer for mm-hmm. The Apprentice, he also does The Voice and a couple of the shows on NBC. He's he hiring him. Shows. He does. He's hiring him to plan his inauguration. And the thing that was floated in the New York Daily News between the two of them is that Trump is planning on having a parade down Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, the Canyon <laughs> of Heroes, where when a sports team wins the championship, they have a parade. But mm-hmm. it's going to be a parade for Donald Trump. He will go down Fifth Avenue, then go into Trump Tower, take a helicopter to Washington, land on the National Mall, and go to Congress to be sworn in. He, he's looking for something dramatic. I, I'm not sure what to make of this because, A, I've never heard of a parade for one man. I, I, I mean, never no. that I can think of as one guy had a parade for him. And, uh, I mean, oh, B, it, it, it feels, a little bit, uh, feels a little bit reality TV-like. Well... That's how he is. There have been he, parades for Lindbergh before. Charles Lindbergh had a parade when he flew the Atlantic. That was, what, 100 that, years that, ago? That, that isn't the point. The point is Donald Trump has to realize he's not that person anymore. And if he can't do that, then he doesn't belong being president, okay? He, he, he can't do that. Newt Gingrich, you didn't let me finish my point. Newt Gingrich said Donald Trump has to understand he is the executive producer of the United States. He's got to get past the apprentice. Enough already. What he's doing is a twenty four hour a day job seven days a week. If he can't get realizes that quite yet. No, I don't think so either. Because you know what? It's not play. It's not I still want to work my business. I still want to be a apprentice guy. I still want to do this, and I'll do this president thing in the meantime. No, it doesn't work that way. That's why I say you don't know what he's up to when he's appointing this guy. He wants to get this guy Tillerson in there. You don't know what the hell he's got well, up his. It, do, it doesn't doesn't. I'm telling you, if he if he gives it to this guy, this guy's going to have a very hard time getting past. I think he's going to have a fight on his hands with confirmation. His Republicans, John McCain and Lindsey Graham, who are two of the more uh, hawkish Republican senators, have come out and said that they would not support Rex Tillerson. He's going to have a hard time, I'm telling you, because it doesn't – it don't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. You don't pick a guy – I've never seen a president ever pick a guy out of, the, out of the thin air, which is what this guy is. Nobody ever heard of this guy. He's going to be the guy. Come on. What about John Bolton? There's a man that's got all kinds of credentials. What do you pick this guy? Nah. Dwight, what do you have on this? I agree. It's what I said before. I I think there's a personal agenda for Trump. In some way. I'm not saying he's involved with energy, but you don't know all his dealings. You don't know what he does. Donald Trump was elected about five weeks ago at this point, four, four and a half weeks ago. I want to get each of you to give me a grade on what you think he's done so far. Factor everything in, the carrier deal, the stuff with his appointments so far, all the appointments as a whole. Dwight, give me, give me your grade A to F on where you think Trump is right now. I would say right now he's at a B plus for me. B, B plus. Okay, okay. Big Al, what do you got? Yeah, I'll give him a B-plus, too. i give him a B-plus. So yeah, I, mean, I had him around that B-level, too, because I think that the carrier deal was a real good thing he did. 
Uh, I like his appointment to Secretary of Defense in in Mattis. Yeah. I think he's a good guy there. I like I like James Kelly for Homeland Security, um, and I like I like Jeff Sessions as the Attorney General. So the yeah. Secretary of State thing sticks out to me. The Bobby Valentine thing is a weird, weird yes. rumor that's out there. I, 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 it, it's not like you're making the ambassador to the Virgin Islands or something. I mean, Japan is a major country. Caroline Kennedy is the current ambassador there, and whatever you want to say about the Kennedys, uh, they're certainly educated and qualified to have that role. I, I, I don't think that Bobby Valentine fits the role. Yeah. Look, I love Bobby Valentine. He took the Mets to the World Series in 2000. That right there is a minor miracle in and of itself, but I don't think that makes you qualified to be the ambassador to no. Japan. The Linda McMahon thing I, I think is kind of funny. Most people don't know this. Donald Trump is the first president ever to be a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. He's inducted into the Hall of Fame. He actually shaved Vince McMahon's head uh, after a match. I believe it was WrestleMania 23. So Donald Trump has some familiarity with the McMahons. Uh, Him and Vince are supposedly pretty close. So I'm looking forward to him and Vince McMahon getting a photo in the Oval Office at some point. (laughs) Well, and as you know, he, he loves athletes. He, he Donald Trump loves athletes. He does, especially baseball. He, does. he, he does. loves athletes. So maybe maybe the Rock so. will be there for it. Maybe the Rock will. Maybe he should appoint the Rock to to some job. I think the Rock would be great. People love him. <laughs> maybe the People Rock could be the Rock. Uh, Secretary of State. You know, he could actually go up against Putin, and they could take their shirts off and compare their People, muscles. People love the Rock. I mean, I, he, he was do. People Magazine's sexiest man alive, and I don't know anybody that that looks at The Rock and is like, yeah, that guy's that guy's an ass. I don't like him. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves The Rock. Well, I guess. Time All right, so we'll find out. That that's that's sage advice, Big Al. Um, all right, so that is our show for the evening. Uh, make sure that you uh, like, subscri- subscribe, share, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Mr. Cowboy Mike. That's M-R Cowboy Mike. On Facebook, we're the Cowboy Rides Again. Visit the blog. That's the thecowboyridesagain.com. It's updated all the time with interesting stories in sports, news, law, politics, whatever's going on that piques my interest. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. I appreciate it. We love all of you. Uh, We're going to wrap it up tonight with uh, another Christmas song. This is uh, Jessie James Decker with her husband, Eric Decker, who's a wide receiver for the New York Jets, with one of my top four in the power rankings, Christmas songs, Baby It's Cold Outside. Here's Jessie James Decker. Thank you for listening. I love all of you. I've got to go away Baby, it's cold outside This evening has been So very nice I'll hold your hands there just like My mother will start to worry My father will be pacing the floor But really I better scurry Or maybe just a half a drink more the neighbors might see Baby, you stand out there Say, what's in this dream? I wish I knew how I To break the spell Take your hat, your hair I have to say no, 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 sir At least I'm gonna say that right I really can't say Say, lend me a coat. Oh, 
Baby, 